All right, thank you for joining us again tonight here. Uh, this is here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name's Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry, who's going to be joining us. So we're trying to do a redo. I don't know what went wrong. It sounded like everything was working fine, but I, uh, apparently, my wife said we had some issues. So anyway, let's start this over again. Um, just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And so we're just going to go ahead and jump right back in the Word tonight. I don't know if you caught any of the last teaching or not. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to be chapter 13 again tonight, entitled Rooted and Established, and we'll be under the section heading time, which is toward the end of the chapter, so hopefully we'll, we'll jump to chapter 14. So again, as I was saying, you know, regarding effortless change, and some people wonder, how can you change effortlessly? That sounds like an oxymoron. Well, if you're trying to change yourself religiously, doing it by yourself, doing it in the flesh, which I consider not to be religious, then, you know, uh, you got another thing coming. It's not going to work. <coughs> but if you allow God and having a relationship with God, a relationship with His Word, and you allow God to change you from the inside out, you're going to find everlasting change. And you're going to find genuine change. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20, It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay? Uh, and that's, that's a very powerful verse. You know, in the parable of the son... Now, uh, I, lost, I lost what I just said a minute ago and uh, what I thought was being recorded. Apparently it wasn't. But, you know, um, so it's kind of hard to rehash some of that. Um, and it's thrown me off my train of thought, so uh, bear with me here. You know, when we're talking about, again, effortless change, and we want God to change us from the inside out versus us trying to change ourselves religiously from the outside in. We want genuine change, and only genuine change can happen if God is involved. Do we participate? Absolutely. We can't do anything without God, but He, you know, uh, at some point in time, He can't do it without our participation or cooperation as well. Jesus said this way in John 15, you, apart from me you can't do anything. And so uh, this book and this, this teaching is uh, one of uh, Andrew's main texts is talking about the parables of sower. And you can read about the parables of sower in Matthew, Mark and Luke. Okay, all three synoptic gospels uh, talk about uh, the parables of sower. And Jesus said this regarding the parable of the sower. This is the parable of all parables. If you can't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. In the parable of the sower, we have the seed of God's word falling on four different kinds of soil. We have the stony soil. We have the, I'm sorry, we have the pavement. We have the stony soil. We have the thorny soil. And then we also have the good soil. Even the good soil has some variations of 30, 60, and 100 fold. Okay, and so regarding the parable of the sower, if you read the parable of the sower, Jesus says all four kinds of soil heard the word of God, but only the, the seed that found the good soil understood the word of God. Which kind of goes with my message this morning on the four, uh, four prayers of Paul. And as we got started with that study, study this morning, I talked a lot about understanding. See, it's not enough just to hear the Word of God. But I'm not downplaying hearing the Word of God. You can't understand something you've never heard. Okay? So it starts with hearing the Word of God. 
And in, and but we also need to understand it. And we need the Holy Spirit's help to understand the Word of God. And it's called discipleship. It's called having a relationship with God and having a relationship with His Word. The Word of God is not the ink. The Word of God is a person. His name is Jesus. Okay? And so a lot of this teaching has to do with the relationship with God. In chapter 13 that we've been discussing, and we're getting to the end of, end of that chapter, it's, <coughs> it's talking about being rooted and established. You know, someone who is rooted and established in the Word of God, someone who is rooted and established in who they are in Christ and the things of God and their relationship with God, is not going to be an easy prey for the enemy to come and just snatch that seed. We need to have a relation, we need to be established and rooted and grounded in who we are in Christ. We need to be rooted and grounded and established in the Word of God for ourselves. You can't just be rooted and grounded in your parents' uh, theology. You can't, you know, in other words, your parents can't be rooted and grounded and established for you. Your pastor can't be rooted and established for you. Your spouse, no loved one, no friend can be rooted and established for you. You need to be rooted and established for yourself. And my job as a pastor is to help you to create an atmosphere to teach you, to disciple you, so that you are rooted and established for yourself, so that you have your own relationship with God. You know, we don't know where the world is going, and, and, and we know some, some things that the, the Bible talks about regarding that things, but we don't know specifically Excuse me. How all that's going to affect each and every one of us individually, and each nation that we're represented with this type of teaching. You need to be. <coughs> excuse me. The day may come where we can't do these live streams anymore. You need to be rooted and grounded in God and the relationship with God for yourselves. Okay. We're going to keep doing this as long as we can do it, but we don't know when the day will come where we may not be able to do something like this. You need to be rooted and grounded in your own relationship with God. We might not be able to meet like we do on Sunday mornings and different things. And maybe that's already, excuse me, already the case where you live. You need to be rooted and established in the Word of God for yourself. In your own relationship with God. Praise God for pastors and teachers and whatnot. Those are gifts to the church. But... Our job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. Our job is to equip you so that we can all come to the unity of the faith, to the full stature, the full measure of Christ. So we will not be like children tossed by every wind of doctrine, but we would grow up in Him in all things. What I'm quoting right now is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. It goes on into verse 16. Uh, okay. And so anyway, um, we're going to be talking about Again, effortless change. We're going to pick it up towards the end of the, the chapter called time. Because when we're talking about being established in God's Word, when we're talking about, you know, the parable of the sower, we're talking about seed, time, and harvest. And there's one thing about seed, time, and harvest that you and I cannot cheat on. And that's called time. Every seed will bear according to its, its kind. And so you cannot cheat the seed time and harvest process. And, you know, you might be able to depend on work country or you might be able to go get fast food. You might be able to use a microwave. You might be able to use different things and get some things faster. But 
and there, you might you might be able to use Federal Express, UPS overnight shipping for some things. There's some things you can do instantly, but there's one thing that you cannot microwave and you cannot make go fast, and that's called seed time and harvest. Discipleship, and I'm big on that because that's why we call our church Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Discipleship it means d disciplined learning. We need to be disciplined in learning. We need to study to show ourselves approved. Okay? And, and that takes discipline. And there's a lot of people today, and including in the church, are so complacent. They will not be disciplined unless it's spoon-fed for them, unless it's taught to them through uh, teaching, even like this. You know, and I'm not putting anyone down, but some people will not get in the Word of God for themselves. Some people do not want to be disciplined in anything. Okay, maybe that's not you, but maybe that is you. Okay, and so we need to be disciplined in our learning. And discipline is a good thing. You're not going to find, you know, we just finished the, the Summer Olympics. You're not going to find any Olympian who did not have disciplined learning in, in, the, in the activity, the sport that they, they, they majored in. Excuse me. Any vocation, any career, any sport. And on a variety of different levels, to be excellent, to have success, you're going to have to be a disciplined learner. And if there's anything you need to be disciplined about, that is being rooted and established in who you are in Christ, in the Word of God. And that is the number one thing that you could ever have, because you're not guaranteed a lot of different things. The Bible says, in this world you will have tribulation. Jesus is coming again, but while we're still in this world, we are promised we will have tribulation. We need to be grounded in who we are in Christ. Anything you wish her? And you know, this whole seed time and, and harvest that Andrew and, and Dave are talking about and using Andrew using this parable of Jesus about how there's different kinds of soil but the, the seed is fine. The seed, the Word of God, has everything in it to succeed and to grow and to flourish and to bear fruit. But this, this whole concept of effortless change, we ourselves don't do anything to the seed as, as far as we don't shake it, we don't smash it with a hammer, we don't, we don't just grow, seed, grow. We don't. We don't do that. The, everything that the seed has, its nourishment, everything it, it, it needs to sprout and grow in it of itself is already there. And that is a picture of God and what He has done in and through His Word, in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. He's provided everything we need in Jesus and we don't have to make Jesus do anything. We don't have to shake him or fall at his and you know grab his feet and like plead with him to do something. He's already done it. He's already gone to the cross. He's already uh, brought down the kingdom of God here for us to to live and dwell in. And I and I wanted to read a couple of scriptures. There's more. I could read. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, uh, about the, the man, the, the blessed man that only sees Jesus, and he's like a tree planted by the waters that bears much fruit. 
But Jesus himself in John 15, verse 4 and 5, I mean, it. there's more to it, but for sake of time, I'm only reading these two verses. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And just like a branch off a tree, a branch by itself, it cannot do anything. But because it's attached to the tree, or in in uh, this analogy that Jesus was speaking, that he is the vine, he's the one with the, with the deep roots and the and the, the nourishment and everything we need to succeed and to bear fruit is in him, the vine. But we do need to abide in him and be attached and draw nourishment and, and sap and life and everything we need from the vine. You know, we can't bear fruit without him. We can't. This word of God that we are to, to have planted in the soil of our heart. We need to abide in, in him and, and, and abide in that word and believe it and chew on it and receive. And, uh, you know, I could go through the whole vocabulary and alphabet of, of choosing words of how much we need to draw from him. And it's not us making that word bear fruit. It's us receiving from the vine and being abiding in the vine and even in psalm 1 blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he shall he does shall prosper and and he goes on to talk about the ungodly that are like chaff that just you know the wind can blow away chaff is just the worthless piece uh of just like the, almost like a husk of nothing there's no life in it and and it can be blown away in the wind it's 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 not useful for anything but he's he's basically saying blessed are we and i mean if we're abiding in him, if we're abiding in the vine, abiding in his word day and night, we will be like this tree or this vine in John 15 that bears much fruit and prospers because the life is in the word and we aren't forcing the seed, uh, the vine, the, the tree roots to do anything. That's where we are getting the nourishment from. That's where the, the, the branch has the strength and the life in it to bear fruit. And so this effortless change is us just holding our breath to see if, you know, something's going to sprout off the top of our head or our fruit's going to appear. No, we, we draw our nourishment from the vine, from the word of God. And it's that word that is at work on the inside of us bearing fruit you know an apple tree uh we've used this analogy before a apple tree is not just oh oh i gotta bear fruit i gotta bear fruit come on pop out apples come on pop out apples it it doesn't do that it the life that 
is coming out from the roof, from the, the seed that it started from, that's what's nourishing the tree and it's bearing fruit because of the natural process of the life that it's drawing from. And that's us in the word of God. You know, when when we first went to, to um, Bible college, we were get, just soaking in God's word left and right. I mean, we were there four, sometimes five days a week for four or more hours a day. And we were just get, just soaking in the word of God. And we weren't striving, but the word of God was changing us because we were abiding in the vine. And, you know, even now I was telling someone today, I'm still doing Bible classes. I'm not, oh, I graduated Bible college i'm good to go no we're we're constantly renewing our mind to the word of god because it's a day-to-day every sometimes moment by moment process where we just need god's word in us uh so that the kingdom of god which jesus says is here we're to live out you know how can i love my brother if i don't have the word of god in me how can i uh, be taught all things by the Holy Spirit if I'm not in the Word of God. You know, how can I learn how to have a relationship with God if it wasn't for the Word of God? You know, we, we need this, and it's so awesome that God Himself wants relationship with us so much. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to bear fruit. That He said, here, I've provided... The written word. I've provided the living word for you. He's done the work. And the, the word is at work in us to produce this effortless change. Okay, so uh, good, all good stuff. And uh, so we're going to uh, pick it up. And uh, some of you might have a book about time as the, the title of this section. So, go ahead. Through that experiment, and this is going off of the previous section where Andrew was talking about when he was in school and his teacher had an experiment of tomato seeds, one in shallow dirt, one with with the right amount of dirt, same container, same sunshine, same water, same everything except for the amount of dirt and just the difference between what happened with those seeds. Through that experiment, I learned a lesson. A seed must First of all, grow underground. It has to start producing roots before it produces fruit. In the spiritual realm, many people don't like the root stage. They don't like letting a truth from the Word of God take root on the inside of them and get established in their heart. They just want to skip all this and get right to the fruit as quickly as they can. Therefore, they don't have very much depth in their life. Their heart isn't totally committed to that truth they received. They may look like they're growing faster than somebody else, but in the end, they can't sustain their growth. They shrivel up and die at the first little hardship that comes along. The word isn't going to produce fruit in their life. If you want to be someone who really produces fruit and sees the word of God work, it's not going to happen overnight. You can't microwave your miracle. It takes time. There is seed, time, and harvest. Actually, sometimes it is Seed, time, and then harvest. It takes a period of time. 
You have to let God's word just stay rooted on the inside of you. You can't back off of it. You must keep digging and looking for greater revelation. Don't just take the surface revelation of what the word of God says. Go back to those scriptures and ask, Lord, have I received everything out of the scripture that I need to know? Please show me more. You must let that word take root on the inside of you. Failure to let the word of God take root on the inside is probably the number one reason why people aren't seeing greater fruit manifest in their life. They aren't just aren't giving it time. Many people know a scripture like 1 Peter 2.24, which says that by his stripes we were healed. They spend five minutes thinking about that one little concept and conclude, I've got it, now I ought to be healed. No, you need to meditate on that scripture and then meditate on that scripture some more. Spend days, weeks, months, and years focusing on that truth and applying it to your life until it gets so rooted and established on the inside of you that nothing can pull it up. Now this is a very powerful truth if you're listening and, and paying attention to what's being said here. Now, so many times we get a word or you might hear the message or hear something we're saying or someone else is saying or another pastor or teacher and you get that word and you get it with excitement but you know you, you're expecting an instant result and I'm not saying we can't have some instant results. I'm not saying that at all. Andrew's not saying that at all. But we, we see time and harvest, and sometimes we have to get that word, and we got to meditate on that word, and we got to, uh, kind of like a cow chooses its cud, and, 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 and meditate on that word over and over again. You know, Andrew Womack on his website will have has many testimonial, uh, video testimony, excuse me, you know, these are people getting healed, our life journeys, our life being changed around, and they, they, they give the story of their, their situation, you know, and you, every single one of those, maybe it was a healing, they got every scripture on healing, and they just meditated and meditated and meditated and meditated on the scriptures regarding healing, you know, and uh, they all got their healing, but we, you know, we sometimes want a microwave. We want it right here and there. And you, you, you might believe it in the moment. You might be like that, that seed where it, it springs up quickly, but there's no root system. Okay? But we need to be rooted and established. You cannot be rooted and established in something in three minutes. That's not possible. You might have got it. You, I mean, you, something might have clicked. Something You might have got a revelation, and I'm not downplaying at all. That's powerful. But also, and that might be powerful for a moment, but we're talking about being rooted and established so you can have continuous growth and stability in your life. Where, I mean, nobody's going to be able to come to me and talk me down about the Holy Spirit. No one's going to be able to come down and talk me down about uh, healing or prosperity or different things. I'm rooted and grounded in God's Word. You know, someone might even comment, I don't like your messages. That's fine, you know. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. But at the same point in time, you're not going to change my theology on it. Uh, because I, I'm rooted and grounded in this stuff. <coughs> you know, you, some, you might, someone might come, come to me and say the word of God is not true. Or, or, or uh, whatever. Well, I'm rooted and grounded in this true. And there's so many other topics that people can can try to 
to unravel my theology. Well, you're, there's just some topics, you're, you know, I'm just rooted and grounded in. Now, there are also topics that I'm not so grounded in. I might be a pastor, I might be a teacher, but I don't know everything. And there might be some subjects and some topics I'm just not comfortable talking about. Maybe because I don't agree with that subject, but it could also be because I'm just not rooted and grounded in that topic. And, and, and I'm sure if we peel back the onion far enough, I, you'll find something that I'm not rooted and grounded in. Okay? Uh, same thing with Andrew. Even Andrew says there's some topics he won't preach on because he doesn't have a firm revelation on that. You know, and you think that we should have a revelation on everything. Well, I haven't never met one person who has a revelation on everything. Okay. Now, there's some very important stuff. And there's some things I'm not going to teach on because I don't think it's relevant. It might be important. It might be true. Uh, but it's not essential. And I, I'm, not, I'm just not going to spend... My time, the limited amount of time I have to be on Facebook and different things to talk about something that I don't feel is essential compared to what is essential, okay? And more importantly, I'm not going to talk about what I don't feel like God has told me to talk about. Even Jesus said uh, he doesn't do anything he doesn't see the Father do, okay? And so anyway, I don't want to get on that rabbit trail. But I'm trying to zero in on this seed time and harvest time that we're talking about being rooted and established. And there's some things you can get the revelation and, 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 and you know, right like that. And you, it just clicks with you. I get that. I, that's happened to me. That's happened with Andrew. But to be rooted and established takes time. And it's called discipleship. Okay. And taking the time to be rooted and established in the truth is actually the shortcut Versus trying to be a microwave and trying to get everything instantly and you never get rooted and grounded in anything. If you never get rooted and grounded in anything, when the storms of life come, when COVID hits, when catastrophe may hit your government or your country or different things, you know, you're just going to fall apart because you're not rooted and grounded in God's Word. And so being rooted and grounded in God's Word is going to be something that can change your life and will possibly change other people's lives. Okay? You might not know everything, but you can know some things well. Okay. And you know, the, this whole being rooted and grounded, this is a big deal. You know, part of the parable in, in Mark 4, you know, uh, even in verse 19, he says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful you know we don't we don't try to have the word choked out but i mean just living out one day you get distracted by different things if you have a family you know your family needs part of your attention uh if you're a parent you're thinking you know i need to clothe my kid i need to feed my kid i need to make sure that they're they're you know, go to school and taken care of. And, um, you know, you're also thinking I have bills to pay and I need to keep the roof over my head and I need to, to have my job. And uh, you might get a phone call from a friend who's having a bad day and you get distracted by them. Or, you know, there's so many things that we get distracted by. And that's why, you know, and, and I'm... Again, anytime Dave and I bring correction, we're pointing fingers at us. We have been there. 
in almost every situation of needing correction ourselves, I've been distracted. Right now I'm working a lot of, well, we're both working a lot of hours, but this is the first time for me I've worked, I've been working so much um, that I, I'm really distracted by my job, you know, getting my, my hours in uh, for different reasons, but I can let that consume me and not think about God's word. I, I can let, you know, there's different family things going on in our, in both of our sides of our family that we could be very well distracted on and think of, you know, what, uh, all, all these things, you know, I constantly, I have a running list in my head of, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Sometimes I write them down, but I, I get distracted by, I mean, even today, listening to Dave's message, I wrote a list of five things that I, I need to get done. And I wrote them down hoping that that would be able to take my focus off them so I could listen to what was important, which was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the word of God that my husband was uh, bringing out in his morning message. We get so distracted by life and using someone going through uh, a health issue they might be standing on God's word and, you know, taking these verses in by his stripes, I am healed. But then they have another pain or this or that or the other thing, or they might have a doctor's report. They're getting distracted away from God's word. And these healing testimonies that we've referred to throughout any time we've had these Bible studies these people, and we use them as example because one, not only are there, they walking testimonies of, of God's word being true and they are healed, but they stopped. They said, I'm not taking the distractions anymore. I'm not taking the doctor's report or anyone else who's speaking into my life, what they're being, um, you know, oh my gosh, this sickness or that that you're going through. They said, I have had enough. I am not getting distracted. It is God's word and God's word alone that I am standing on. And they put spiritual blinders on and they said, it's God's word. And they only had God's word here. So they could not see or focus on anything else. And anytime a pain or a symptom came on, that God's word is true. You know, Dave has a, um, uh, not an analogy, um, something he uses in his teaching and we call it red book, blue book. And I'm sorry, I don't have anything in front of me that can help this, um, this thing. Uh, but let's say you have a book and it is red. The cover is red, both sides. It is a red book, but for, uh, just this, analogy purpose let's pretend that there are verses in the bible that say your book is blue well no my book is red i see it with my physical eyes it is red front side back side it is a red colored book but the word of god says your book is blue do you believe what you see with your physical eyes that's right in front of you screaming red or do we believe God's word that says, no, this is reality. This is truth. 
You know, facts can change. If you're going through a healing, a health issue, the facts might be you're hurting or you're sick or whatever symptom is going on. But God's word in verse after verse after verse is saying, no, you're healed. I, I've given health to your, I think I'm misquoting. Uh, I've taken some verses and I think I'm misquoting them wrong. But there are verses that talk about his word being health to your bones. Uh, he, uh, the, uh, uh, part of the verse, uh, another verse is in my head about he, his word came and brought healing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't prepared to go this direction, but this occurred to me when Dave was speaking that God's word is true, but unless we get it in us, how can things change? And we can, even the best of us can so easily be distracted by so many things. My sister, I love her dearly. And this is not a put down. She is a full time teaching job. And it was really hard for teachers during this season of COVID having to teach online and taking and, and following all the precautions and different things that you have to do to keep the kids safe. And not only did she have that full-time job and it was stress upon stress trying to, uh, I mean, it's stressful as a teacher as it is, but during these extra things that COVID brought was even more so. And, and trying to, you know, as a teacher, you want to teach kids. You want them to learn their lessons so they can succeed in life. But with the distractions of COVID, with schools being closed and then opening and, and kids not having uh, the groundwork that, that just being able to be in school, uh, how they're, they were supposed to, you know, they, they've fallen behind and the teacher is just wanting these kids to learn. So she has a full-time job. She has three kids. She has a husband taking care of the household. Um, you know, her, her plate is really full and this isn't anything put down on her, but as an observer, that's a lot of distractions. And on top of all that, wanting to be grounded in God's word, that's hard. And yes, we have to choose. We have to choose that this is important and we're not going to, uh, we are going to choose to be a disciplined learner, a disciple, and make sure we have God's word in us somehow or other. You know, we don't have to be like, Say Andrew, who was in, was able in the season of his life, he still is, but when he first started his uh, ministry, he was in, even when he was in the army, uh, he was in the word hours and hours and hours on end. Not all of us have that luxury, but even if we have a devotion, even if throughout the day we're pondering on one verse, that's getting God's word in us. And yet, and yet when we look at someone who's always distracted, who's like a flash in the pan with, oh, God's word is good. I, I believe it. But then they get distracted versus seeing Andrew in his ministry. And this isn't to compare him on ourselves like we're cautioned not to do in the Bible. I am using someone who is 
grounded in God's word is seen. You can see the fruit in his life versus, you know, when you start a fire in the fireplace, you start with kindling, you start with maybe uh, some crumpled up paper and, you know, a match and you start out slow and then you add the bigger sticks, the bigger logs. But if you just uh, light a piece of paper, it's pretty much gone real fast. And that's how some people are with the word of God. They get excited and they're on fire. Woo! But it burns out because it's they're not feeding it. And yet, if you constantly are feeding the fire with God's word, you have a constant steady burn that is going to last for quite a while. And... You know, that just the importance of being in God's word, this parable of this seed being in good ground without letting the distractions of life get in the way, there is fruit upon fruit. Good stuff. Very good stuff. There's a lot of things I can piggyback on oh, some of that, but uh, let's go ahead and go deeper. Uh, the last section of chapter 13 is depth of root. When I was a kid, we lived in a neighborhood, but our yard was still a little over half acre in size. We had 23 pecan trees in our yard. Every year, some of the pecans would fall, get stepped on, or otherwise find a way into the ground. Then they would germinate and start producing a plant. My job was to pull up these tiny little pecan trees that started to grow. Like most kids, I didn't want to spend my time going around pulling up these little plants. We must have had hundreds of them all throughout that place. I'd see one, but I didn't want to stop playing to pull it up, so I'd wait until that thing got tall enough that my parents could see it from inside the house. When they did, they'd say, Andy, you need to go out there and pull up that pecan tree. That's how long I'd wait. However, I learned pretty quickly that if I let a pecan tree get a foot tall, there would be about three feet of roots underneath the ground. There were, was three times as much growth underneath the ground as there was above the ground. If I'd waited until the pecan tree was a foot tall to pull it, I'd have to get a shovel and dig it up. It would be so well rooted that I couldn't just pull it up. If I wanted to get those pecan trees out, out the easy way, I had to pull them when they were about an inch tall. Then I could just grab them and pull them out. It's the same way with the seed of God's word. Satan would love to get you to where you don't have any depth of root in your life. Then he can come against you and just steal the word. He wants to pull it up before it ever gets rooted. However, if you grow a good root system, you'll be able to stand despite all the troubles, trials, and hardships that come in life. Many people are just like this second type of ground that the Lord described. They can't bring forth fruit. It's not because they aren't excited about the word of God. It's not because they don't love it. They do love it. It's just that they haven't taken time to let the word take root on the inside of them. I want to reread this last paragraph here you just read. Many people are just like the second type of ground that the Lord described. They can't bring forth fruit. It's not because they don't, they aren't excited about the word of God. And it's not because they don't love it. They do love it. It's just that they haven't taken the time 
to let the word of God take root on the inside of them. You know, <clears throat> we're all on different we all can be on different levels of growth and maturity. And some of us are frustrated because we're not seeing the fruit that we like. And it's not because you don't love God. It's not because you don't value God's word. I mean, you're scrolling through Facebook. So, I mean, for you to take time to even listen to this message tells me you value of something. There's many people who wouldn't value uh, something like this. But at the same point in time, if you're going to see fruit, if you're going to see uh, it work in your life, you're going to need to take some time to get grounded and rooted in the Word of God. Okay? You can love love all you want, and that is good, and I'm not, you know, I praise God for that. That's awesome, you know, and I want to, in other words, I want to fuel that love for God and His Word. But, if, you know, when you love something, you're also going to take the time to get to know that person, and get to know that, and study that, you know, and, uh, it's not a chore for me to read the Word of God. It's not a chore for me to get into the things of God. You know, um, you know, when you have a hobby, when you have a passion, even when you are busy, and you're beyond busy, you'll take any time you can get, even if it's just a few minutes, to spend time with that thing. And, uh, you know, we might all be busy, but, you know, we need to take time to get into the Word of God. Maybe you don't. Have, maybe you're in a place where you don't actually have a written Bible. I understand that, and I, you know, I wish that you did. But Jesus is the living Word, and you can spend time with God. You can spend time with Him in prayer. You can take Jesus no matter where you go. Okay, I've worked jobs where I couldn't, and and that particular job. I couldn't just take a break and, and read my Bible and maybe pray out loud or whatnot. But I, there have been times where I've been busy and I've been in times and situations where I can't necessarily pray out loud and different things, but I can spend time with God in my mind and in my heart. And, uh, you know, there's been times where God has just showed me things and, and, and shared His Word with me. Even where I'm busy working, doing things, stocking shelves in a store, flipping burgers at a burger joint, you know, uh, God has ministered to me because He's a living. I can have a relationship with God anywhere, anytime, anyhow. And at the same point in time, there are times where it's special times. And if we do have those luxuries of having a written word, if we do have the luxuries, let's take time, let's value it, and let's get into a relationship with God. And let's see some fruit come out of our lives because we have a relationship with God. I don't know if this is making sense. Do you have something you want to piggyback on, Sherry? Just that, you know, having the Word of God in us does give us good success. And I know Paul admonishes Timothy uh, to, be in, 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 to be constant in God's Word. Uh, but it's also like in the first chapter of Joshua when God is telling Joshua, you know, be of good courage. You know, in, in my words, I'm not quoting it because I haven't looked, uh, I don't have it open to, uh, 
Joshua chapter 1 to give you the exact verses. But God is telling Joshua, just like Paul is telling Timothy, you know, abide in my word, stay in my word, uh, keep, keep my laws so that you will have good success. And it's not, it, it, God's success and the world's success are two different successes. And I, by golly, I want God's success. And praise God, we have a new covenant that the, the old covenant, the law, it's still holy and, and good. The, the law is there to, to teach us. But we have a new and living way. We have this new covenant of Jesus Christ. But, but we, we do need the word of God in us. And I, I you know, for sake, sake of time, I, I'm not going to start teaching on the differences between the, the old and new covenant. But this new covenant, uh, you know, we are still to be in God's word. We are still, like Jesus said, to abide in him so that we can bear much fruit. We are to have his word uh, in our hearts so that we may not, might not sin against him. You know, the, the word of God is to help us for everything that pertains to life and godliness. We, we need this understanding. We, we need this uh, knowledge of Jesus Christ. And to get that, we need to be in the word of God. Almost just out of time here. I, I, we got a few minutes left, but uh, we're at the end of the chapter here too. The next chapter, we're going to be talking to, a lot about persecution. You know, and that's a very uh, big topic uh, that's increasing more and more today, uh, in light of effortless change, in light of the parable of the, of the sower. Um, you know, I just want. I just. I guess it's just some closing thoughts that we just keep saying over and over again. Every Bible study, and every teaching. Importance of having a relationship with God, importance of uh, being in the Word of God and have a relationship with the Word, and also the importance of having good teaching, you know, and sitting under a good pastor, a good minister. Praise God, we're able to do this. You know, we have just through Facebook and YouTube alone, we have over twelve thousand people who watch us and watch our videos every week. You know, praise God for that. I can't say I'm passing all of you because most of you I don't even know who you are. Uh, outside, I do see some regulars on here and whatnot, but and I thank you for that. But and you know, we all need a pastor. We all need to sit under good teaching. We all need to have a relationship with God on our own. You know, uh, that how what does that look like? It, being in the Word of God and prayer, uh, different things. You know, with any relationship, even a marriage relationship, you're going to get out of the relationship what you put into the relationship. Okay. We both work a lot. We both, I mean, combined between the both of us, we have four or five jobs, okay, including pastoring. And so we work probably 60, 80 hours a week easily every week. But we take time to spend time together, and, uh, and, and we, take time each, we take time each day, but we also take time each week and each month to make sure that we have some quality time. The relationship will, will go south if we don't take that time. And the relationship can get better and better if we take the time. 
even today, we just went to go take a drive so we can go pray about some things and talk about some things. We got some changes up ahead for some of us, and it's 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 a good step. But we're praying out through, we're talking out through. And sometimes for me, it's just good to get out of the house and just be able to talk some of the stuff. Because I work from home, all my jobs I work here, and it's just nice to take the time to you know talk about this stuff. Probably when we're done with this Bible study, we're going to go take a walk with the dog, and we'll probably talk some more about stuff. But you know. What I'm trying to describe is not our relationship, I'm trying to describe relationships in general. You know, you need to talk, you need to communicate, you need to spend time together. Well, same thing with God. And we need to grow. And just like a, a tree, a plant, a grass in the ground, a flower, uh, a garden, cannot grow if you don't water and give it the proper sunshine and nourishment that it needs. Well, any relationship, your relationship with God cannot be fruitful if you don't get rooted and grounded in God by having a relationship with him. Okay. And we can teach you. We can minister to you. In many different levels. But we can't grow your seed for you. Uh, you can't grow my seed for me. We are all responsible for our own crop so to speak. What's our crop? Our mind. Our heart. And receiving the things of God. And getting God's word. Getting his seed in the soil of our mind and also our heart. And so, uh, and we are responsible keeping that nourished, keeping that fertilized, keeping that watered, and also getting out all the weeds that would choke it out, which we'll be talking later on in this study. Uh, sometime after we talk about persecution, we'll be talking about the choking the seed. And so, because uh, there's a lot of cares in this world. But one thing we just keep focusing, keep it simple, is just, a relationship with God. A relationship with God. And there's many different levels of that. You know, even in our own relationship, we have a relationship with friends. We have a relationship with family. We have a relationship with other people uh, on different levels. And that is also part of our relationship. And, and so, we don't want to just be in a, a monk and it's just us and us four no more type of thing. No, we have quality time. We will spend more time with each other than we will with other people. But part of the joys of, of even being married is having friends and having other people be a part of that relationship in its right context. And so, and, 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 and the right volume of that, you know. And so, that's also part of, I believe, part of our relationship as well. Just like the body of Christ, you know, not only do you need a relationship with God, and his word, but you need a relationship with the body of Christ. I'm going to be talking about that pretty heavy this coming Sunday, uh, in a, in a, in a, as I'm talking about the prayers of Paul, but there's something about the body, and God values his own body. It's called the body of Christ. Christ isn't, he's the head, but he's not a headless body. <laughs> okay? And so, um, he doesn't have a head without a body, and he doesn't have a body without a head. Okay, it's called the body. And we'll be talking about that a little more this Sunday. And you know, we are not downplaying what we all go through in life. This this is a hard world. Um, and I know we're, we'll get into persecution next week. But, you know, this, this Word of God can help us be. And, you know, we've... I'm sure all of us has seen different type of plants or trees or vegetation 
and there are some that you know a, a breeze can knock over and tear up the roots I mean just like Andrew was talking about the pecan trees the little seedlings that he needed to, to uh, pluck up because you know they they had 23 healthy trees they didn't need all these seedlings um, to grow up to be more trees in their yard but there are some plants that, get, that can easily get choked out by weeds and different things and other vegetation and yet you will go places for instance like a cliff by the sea and there are these trees that are growing in such interesting conditions whether it be a lot of wind or their you know the the side of a cliff and yet their root system like what Andrew and, and Dave and I are, have been talking about is so deep in the ground and so strong that underneath the the dirt you know these are tremendous roots are just so healthy and strong and yet in the natural you see some trees that are all twisted by the wind but they're healthy and strong because of their their root system and you know we need the Word of God to be rooted and grounded in him so that no matter what waves come crashing against us we are still bearing fruit we are still like that blessed man in Jeremiah 17 uh, in uh, verse 7 and 8 I believe it is that even when drought and different things come he's not seeing that he is blessed because he is so focused on God and the blessing of God and abiding in God that he is this strong flourishing tree that's by the waters uh, drink, drinking the, the waters and bearing much fruit and roots are just so strong and, and deep you know that that's what uh, God wants for us and we can only have that when we are abiding in him and rooted and ground uh, uh, rooted and grounded in him well we're out of time today I'm just trying to respond to some of the comments uh, on, on Facebook and YouTube and that so that's why sometimes I'm on the phone I'm not ignoring you I'm actually participating with you <laughs> and so uh, different people so anyway God bless you guys uh, we'll have a good week we're gonna have we're gonna try it. we've been taking a recess on our Wednesday night Bible study because of some things we've had to deal with where our goal is to resume that this Wednesday at 7 o'clock I believe it's authority, so hopefully we'll see you on Wednesday. If not, we will definitely see you on Sunday morning. All right, God bless you guys.